Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. (laughs) No shade. Cool. Exodus 33. We're going to be reading um, from 1 to 3, then also from 12 to 18. 1 to 3, and then 12 to 18. I'm reading from uh, the New King James Version. Uh, You know, got to get classic, you know, put on my robe. (laughs) So, verse 1 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the descendants whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jubasites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are stiff-necked people. That is an insult. Stiff-necked people. I feel like when you say that, your neck literally gets stiff. Stiff Stiff-necked people. So, let me break this down. What is happening here? Because God is obviously upset. God is saying that, you know what, Moses, take your people, go, and... um, just know that I got things handled for you, but if I go with y'all, I'm going to be, I'm just going to consume you. My fire is going to descend and just burn all of y'all. That's pretty crazy. So what happened beforehand in the, in, the, in the chapters before was God was giving the children of Israel instructions chapter by chapter by chapter. I want my tabernacle built this way, floor plans of what it should look like, what uh, the priest should wear, what they should sacrifice, all these things. And we get to chapter 32 where uh, Moses goes for an appointment with God, and he goes up to the mountain. And Moses goes up to the mountain, and he's basically like, you know, he has this encounter with God. And what's happening is that I don't know why, because I think the children of Israel just struggle with patience maybe. So they're down there, and they're like, hmm, Moses isn't here yet. What's taking him so long? Uh, So what they do is that they build an idol, a golden calf, while Moses is up there. And so... Imagine Moses coming down in all the glory and splendor. I don't know, doing his in his presence dance. I don't know what that is. Whatever that is, a leg work, I don't know. Um, and he's coming down and he has the tablets in his hand only to see the people that he was intervening for dancing and worshiping a golden calf. The people he was up there talking about are now worshiping another entity. And so Moses is pissed off, like pissed off. And angered, and there's even some slang of people that people are dying and stuff that happens. And Moses is like, if you're for God, you're for God. And all this happens, and that's when we end up in chapter 33, where God is sick and tired of the children of Israel, pretty much. He's saying that, you know what, just go. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if someone's ever, like, pissed you off or annoyed you. And what's say, like, you promised them, like, a ride or something? Like, you had to do something for them? And so when they get in the car, you're like... Bro, just get, just get in the car. Don't, don't say a word. Let's go. You lucky. You lucky. I'm cool with you. You lucky I'm cool with your sister. So, <laughs> so God is literally saying to Moses that, bruh, I promised your ancestors this land. So just go. Because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I promised them this. If it was just y'all, bruh, y'all would have been done. But because I promised them, just go. That's how amazing God is. He's a promise keeper, right? He's a promise keeper. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but if you promise your ancestors something, it'll happen. He never fails. So that's how we end up in this scripture. So 
Moses hears this, and the children of Israel are, um, are crying when they hear that God is going to, he wants to destroy them. He doesn't want to go with them. And so Moses now pulls God to the side, and that's when we're in uh, uh, verse 12. So we're going to read from verse 12 to 18, Exodus 33, verse 12 to 18. Then Moses said to the Lord, see you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. So Moses is saying to God that, God, you're telling me to take these people, but for some reason you're not telling me who's going with us. <laughs> you're telling me to go forth, but you haven't mentioned who is going to go with us. And, and, and God, you, you know that you, you've told me I found favor and grace in your sight, God. So he's repeating God, what God has spoken to him in the past to God. That's why God's word is important. Because it reminds him of what he said to you. So he says, he says, now therefore, this is verse 13. Now therefore I pray I have found grace in your sight. Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14, and he said, this is God speaking, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But see, that wasn't enough for Moses. So we get to verse 15 and he says, he says back to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. How many of us know that scripture? Verse 16, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And verse 18, Moses says to God, please show me your glory. Bless the reading of God's word. The title of my message today is The Power of God's Presence. The power of God's presence. Say that to your neighbor. The power of God's presence. Amen. So... I grew up in church forever. I'm a, I'm a PK. If you don't know PK, is a pastor's kid. Um, so I think before the age of 15, I probably was saved like 20 times. <laughs> um, uh, in elementary school, there was this club called the Good News Club. I don't know if any of y'all know this. It's called the Good News Club. And my school was right next to my house. So um, I would always go to the Good News Club. It was a Christian-based uh, club. And um, the cool thing is that every time... Uh, let me not say every time, because that sounds bad. But when you gave your life to Christ, they would give you a treat. <laughs> so, you know, every time I would come to the Good News Club, I think it was on Wednesdays after school, um, I, would, I, would, I would go in there so sober. I would go in there just thinking about, like, the meat that I took from my mom's pot and thinking about that wild thing I said to Bobby in class. And, and so by the time they were saying, you know, if you believe that uh, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, lift your hands up, and they would take us out, and they would make us repeat this com uh, um, confession, and then they would give us, like, a candy pack, and I'd be like, yes. Yes, thank you, strategy. <laughs> strategy, man. <laughs> and so that's what was happening. So I think I probably did it about, like, 15, 20 times. I'm not going to lie. I was super saved as a kid, right? <laughs> so fast forward to age 16. Age 16 was when I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was when I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think uh, we were in D4G. That is a youth church, the old youth church of Household of Faith back then. There was a Wednesday night. Uh, the Spirit fell upon us. And um, not just me, but there were some other people that I still know today that received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you guys, when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as a, as a, as a youth, it's like a trophy. You start, <laughs> like, start doing your tongue dance. Like, you be, 
Because it's like, because you've been in church all your life and everybody's going, die, die, rock out. And so now you got this trophy and you're like, hey, I can speak it too. I can speak it too. I can speak it too. <laughs> and so I had the gift of the Holy Spirit at age 16, but honestly, my relationship with Christ wasn't really there. Which is something to let you know that <laughs> you can receive the gift even though your relationship may not be there. That's just, that's just the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always there once you give your life to Christ. It's up to you to maintain that relationship, though. And so by age 19 was when I finally rededicated my life to Christ. And by age 20 was when I started to realize what God was trying to th do through me, in me, and around me. And um, I started to reflect as I was preparing for this message, why was my process like that? Like I had the wisdom um, I knew all these things around me. It wasn't anything that had to do with upbringing or anything like that. I was good. And as I was preparing this message, God spoke to me that I lacked understanding. I lacked understanding. I had the gift at age 16, but I lacked understanding. And God started to reveal to me even more that, you see, if you would have understood the power of my presence, you would have been, been able to understand my Holy Spirit. If you understood the power of my presence, you will understand the Holy Spirit. So that is why we are talking about the power of God's presence. So let's fast forward. As we were reading the scripture, we see that Moses is making this statement unto God that God, I, we can't go unless you go with us. And, God, and Moses is talking about this presence, and, and I started to think to myself, what if some people in here don't even know how to obtain the presence of God? So let's start there. How do you obtain the presence of God? There's two ways, and it's in this scripture. Moses, God literally speaks it to Moses when, when he's talking about it. The first thing that God says to Moses is this. In Exodus 33, verse 17, Exodus 33, verse 17, I read it from the New King James Version for this point. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And here's number one. I know you by name. The first qualification to obtaining God's presence is God knowing your name, not you knowing his name. God knowing your name. What does that mean, salvation? The moment you give your life to Christ, that's why it's so adamant and so important that we have salvation because that gives us the presence of God within us. We receive the Holy Spirit, not from the gift of tongues, but from the moment we have salvation. Let's clear that up. So to obtain God's presence, if you've given your life to Christ, he's within you. God is within you. You are a carrier of God's presence. Number two, how do we obtain the presence of God? The same 17, I'm going to read it from the Good News Translation. It may not be up here, but I'll read it for you guys. The Lord said to Moses, I will do, I will do just as you, as you have asked because I know you very well. And here's the second thing. I am pleased with you. The second thing is you have to please God. How do you obtain the presence of God? The first thing is really, that's how you really obtain him. But the second thing is how you keep him there. Pleasing God is obedience. The love language of God is obedience. So if, 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 if salvation opens the door and lets God in, I believe that obedience is like the housekeeping. It's the housekeeping of your temple. So I can, I can be really cool with... Lotana and Lotana be like, bro, let's come over, let's chill, let's play some PS5, let's do some stuff. And I can come into Lotana's house. But here's the thing. If Lotana's house does not look welcoming and is not made good for me, I may not want to go there. I may not want to even stay there. 
So the thing is that when we open the door for God to come in, our obedience is what keeps it clean. That's what keeps our temple clean. God is sitting on the thrones of our hearts, but are we keeping the temple clean? So those two things, that is how we obtain the presence of God. So now this thing about God's presence, I I just started to think to myself, why in the world was Moses so adamant of God's presence? presence going with them we've we've I've used this verse to pray multiple times I'm sure most of us have used it as well God if you're not going with me into this relationship I'm not going God if if you're not going with into this job with me I ain't going God if you're not going with me into this school I ain't going there's so many different ways we've probably used it before but I was so I was just wondering why that was such a because here's the thing God said to him that I will send my angels before you And he said, all your enemies, I got them handled. But that's not what stuck out to Moses. Moses said, none of that sounds like you coming with us. None of that sounds like you coming with us. And this is why Moses was so adamant because in in the scripture it says it in verse 16. You know, why is the presence of God so important? Verse 16, it says, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? Here's the point. So we shall be separate. So we shall be separate. (laughs) So in verse 16 of Good News Translation, I want to read this. It says, how will anyone know that you are pleased with your people and with me if you do not go with us? Your presence with us will distinguish us. The presence of God distinguishes you. That's the, that's, that's, that's the pro. It's not the benefits, the distinguishment. The presence of God is a distinguishing factor. That's why Moses wants him to come with them. Because he realizes that we're going to look like everybody else. It doesn't matter how many things we win. It doesn't matter what, whatever, we're, we're, we're swimming in milk and honey. It doesn't matter what the situation is. But there's no distinguishing between us and them. And so I started to think to myself, it started to make so much sense to me because I was wondering why things were going so weird at age 16, 17, 18. It was because I started to realize, and I know a lot of us will actually be able to, to tune into this. I wanted, I wanted the presence of God, but I didn't want the distinguishing factor. I wanted the presence. I wanted the pros. I wanted the blessings, but I didn't want to be distinguished. I didn't want to be distinguished. I know that I can be the salt of the earth. I know I can be all these things, but the distinguishing doesn't look great in our world. The distinguishing doesn't look that good. It doesn't look good to be saying, holy, holy, let's pray when everything is going crazy. It doesn't look the best. When your friend needs healing, you're saying, it's okay, God got to handle it. It doesn't look the best. It doesn't sound the best to be distinguished. And so what would happen is that I receive the tongues, I receive this fire within me, and I'll be speaking tongues on the Saturday and Sunday, but on Monday, all foul language will come from that same mouth. The distinguishing factor, I hid it away. What made me special, I took it away. Oh, that's a prayer for somebody right now. God, don't let me discard what makes me special. God, don't let me discard what makes me special. Some of, us are, some of us are worrying so much about other people's opinions. Oh, Lord. 
Some of us are worrying so much about other people's opinions and we're trying to conform. That's why it says that we are not to conform. We're, we're, we're in the world but not of the world. We are special individuals. Stop trying to hide what makes you special. We're special individuals. Stop trying to hide it. And so that's why it made so much sense that Moses was so adamant because he started to realize that, God, you're not a trophy to me. You're not a trophy to me. You see, as I was, I was studying the scripture, I started to remember this is why there were so many problems during Eli and Samuel's time. Because what happened is that they looked at the, at the Ark of the Covenant as a trophy, but they didn't value the relationship. They looked at the kings of other nations, and they started to say, we want a king. But they didn't realize being king, this was what made them special. God does not want you to conform. He's, he, he's saying to his children, you don't need a king. What makes you special is the fact that you keep winning battles, you, things keep working out for you, but there's no king, and the king of kings is in the air. You can't even see him. So when the enemies come, it's already finished. That's what makes you special, not a person in position. You have to understand, as followers of Christ, we are distinguished. Stop trying to hide it. You can't be a gap filler. And want to hide what distinguishes you, then what's the purpose of filling the gap? The gap is empty. You're gonna shine regardless. Moses being so adamant about God, we're not going unless you go with me. We're not going unless you go with me. It's him realizing and looking back and, and thinking back of the time when he was 80 years old. He was, he was done with his life. He was finished with everything. He left his, his, his princehood in the past, and he's walking. He's walking around in the wilderness, and for some reason, a bush. He notices a bush, and the bush is, is on fire, but it's not burning. Bush is on fire, but it's not burning, and the bush is now speaking to him. You see, Moses starts to have flashbacks when he's thinking of the possibility of God not going with him. He's starting to realize that God, that same God that was at that bush was the same God that said, I know you don't have the best speaking, but Aaron's got you. I know that you don't think you have power, but here's a rod. Drop it on the ground. It's going to turn into a snake. I know that you think nothing will happen, but put your hand inside your pocket and look at it. It's going to be disease. Put it back in and put it out. It's gone. He realized that every step he took in the past was only because God's presence was with him. That's what he started to realize. The only reason why I had relatability, I had fame, I had all this stuff was because God's presence was with me. The only way I could walk into the palace of, of Pharaoh and say that I am, that I am sent me is because I knew that you were backing me. That's why some of us don't have authority anymore because you don't know if God is really backing us. Is God really backing you? Oh, some of y'all got to do some self-reflection. Is God really backing you? That's why your prayer life ain't the same no more. Because when you pray, you don't even know if God is really there. And so, as I started to think, I started to realize, what is this distinguishing? Because I can't just say that. Oh, when we have the presence of God, it distinguishes us. There's an actual, an actual element, a symbol of distinguishment. You see, as I start to think about it all, the reality is that, whew, man, Jesus. You see, what distinguishes us is the fire. 
what distinguishes us is the fire. You see in, in, in scripture and in the Bible, fire is, 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 is a representation, of course, not the refinery, just not just the refinery, but also the presence of God. Fire in the New Testament, the new covenant is, is actually an expression of the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit is packaged God. So in the new covenant, we don't have to carry the ark because the packaged God, the expression of God, the other man of God is within us. So what makes us special? I want to ask you a question. How do you know something's on fire? Answer. How do you know something's on fire? Okay. Thank you. Can say it louder? The light. That's how you know something's on fire. The light. So you see, when God is saying we are the light of the world, when God is saying that we are the light of the world, we're lighting up the darkness. When God is saying that there's something within you, the fire is within us, that's what makes us special. That's why we go into certain rooms and they look at us. And we're not qualified, but there's other people that are way more qualified, but they pick us. Because there's a fire that's been planted within us. The Holy Spirit is within us. That's the fire. That's why God was so adamant in saying, priest, please fan the flame. Don't let the flame, the, the flame go. Don't let, your, don't let your flame die out. Oh, gosh. Don't let your flame go out because there's a fire inside all of us on, in the altar, in our temples within us. And it's burning. But the thing is that if we continue to disobey, if we continue to re reject the distinguishment, it begins to just die out. We're praying, praying this weekend. And, you know, we're praying. And, and, and the person was saying that, you know, when it comes to, they just mentioned the word embers, and, and they're saying how, you see, embers is when the fire was once there, but the wood is just glowing from the fire. And God started to speak to me and started to, to make me realize that a lot of us, we think we're burning, we think we still have the Holy Spirit there, but what is there is just embers. The fire is gone, but the wood, the wood is just glowing. It's just glowing because it's, it's, it's dying off. It's dying off. The fire was once there, but it's not there anymore. You didn't sustain it. You didn't make sure your temple was good enough. You can't kill what makes you special. Stop killing what makes you special. You're supposed to shine. You're supposed to shine. Accept the distinguishment, guys. Stop it. When we pray for God to be in this church, when we're praying that, God, we're not going uh, in anything within the God ministry unless you're going to be with us, we're praying that God lights the fire and keeps it burning in this room. We're praying that God separates us. You can't just get God's presence and the blessings and reject the separation. We're a chosen generation. Stop, stop saying that if you don't want to really be the chosen generation, the royal priesthood. <laughs> stop saying that if you don't really want to be distinguished. That's what makes you great. Moses realized that that the, the winning the wars was great, the blessings, the manna was great, the fire by night, cloud by day was great, but the reality is that what really made them really effective and great was really the presence of God. And this is why I keep on saying that you will never be able to understand the Holy Spirit if you don't understand the presence of God. Because now as individuals, us in this time, we carry that same presence within us. We carry the fire that is within us. So the more and more we continue to go away from, from, from being obedient, the more and more we try and, try and separate ourselves, fleshly speaking, the more we start, that, that fire within us starts to die. 
it starts to die. That is why our prayer life isn't the same anymore. That is why things seem like they're not working out. Have you checked your fire? What does the fire look like within you? What does the fire look like within you? This is why I had to preach this message because I started to realize that none of us will even understand the fact that God gives us a fire for assignment if we don't understand the importance of the fire itself. We can't go anywhere. We can't go out in the world if we don't even have the presence of the fire within us. Learn to maintain it. Learn to sustain it. Learn to grow it. That's why the gift of the Holy Spirit is there. Y'all want to really know why it's there? It says it's to edify us. So when we're speaking in tongues, we're building up that fire. We're fanning it. We're fanning the fire. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that that's why when a whole bunch of fires come together, it becomes a bonfire. That's why there's a, whenever there's a whole bunch of people that are edifying their spirit in one room, there's, there's, a, there's a fire that erupts, a huge flame that erupts in that room. Because all of us have individual fires with individual strengths, with individual assignments, with individual callings. But some of us are so far away because we've, we've, we've forsaken the obedience. We're forsaking the, 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 the reading the word. We've forsaken the relationship of Christ that we don't even care anymore. And we're just looking at the blessings aspect. And that's why we have embers now. That is why we have embers now. I want us to stand up to our feet right now as I close. Because I believe that God was speaking to me about this for a certain reason and there's two groups in this place two groups specifically in this place I want us to just pray right now collectively God if the fire is dying God reignite it help me to reignite it God Lord I haven't been as obedient before God, I've been slacking. I haven't really been in community like that, God. Lord, I need you to reignite the fire that's within me, God. Reignite what makes me special. That's a prayer point, God. Reignite what makes me special, God. The thing that I've put to the side, Lord, God, I want to be special. Lord, that thing, the light that makes me special, God, Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, God, within me, let it burst out. Let that light come out, God. I'm no longer hiding the light, God. Reignite the flame within me. Reignite the flame within me, Heavenly Father God. Lord, reignite it, God. Reignite it, Heavenly Father. Reignite the fire within me, God. Reignite the fire within me, Heavenly Father God. <laughs> I don't want to be a powerless Christian, God. That's a prayer right there. I don't want to be a powerless Christian, God. I don't want to be a powerless believer. I don't want to be a flameless believer, God. I don't want to be a flameless believer, Heavenly Father God. Lord, I want my fire to be ablaze. Set me ablaze, Heavenly Father, God. Set me ablaze, God. Set me ablaze, God. Set me ablaze, God. Set me ablaze. Your fire is what makes you unique. Yes, your character is important. Yes, your skills are important. Yes, the gifts are important. But the fire is what makes you unique in this world. That's what makes you unique in this world is the fire God has positioned you in places all around the Metroplex in different groups, in different entities, in different businesses, not just to get the gains, not just to get the products, not just to get the fame, but to realize that there's a fire within you and that's what's going to make you special. Seek ye the kingdom of God and all things will come forth. You have to realize the fire is what's going to distinguish you for the rest of your life. 
businesses may come and go, but yours will stay because the fire is ablaze. Doctors will be hired left and right and will be fired left and right. But for some reason, your position is staying secure because your fire is ablaze. Your fire makes you relevant. It makes you relevant. Your fire makes you relevant. Your fire makes you relevant. Yes, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The second group, and I want us to all bow our heads right now. Let us all bow our heads right now. For some of us that are in this room or watching online, we've realized that it seems as if God is not hearing us anymore. We feel as if like there's not a connection anymore. You see, one of the first things I said is you have to first obtain the presence of God. And obtaining the presence of God is only through having a relationship with him. It's only through salvation. For some people, you already have that relationship but your obedience has been lukewarm. And that's how you keep him in the temple. So on the count of three, wherever you are, I want you to just raise your hand up. If you want to give your life to Christ, this is not a shame thing. You are special. You are designed to be special. So one, God, I want to give myself back to you. God, I want to commit my life back to you. If you're online as well, oh, God, I want to commit my life to you. Two, Heavenly Father, I want to give you my heart again. I want this relationship. I want your presence. And three, raise up your hand right now if you want to give your life to Christ. If you're online, put saved in the chat. If that's what you, I want you to make the, the bold step to just come out. It's okay, just come out. I want you to make the bold step to just come out. If that's you, just come out. If you're online, I still want you tuned in because it's for you as well. And I want you to just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. If you're online, raise your hand as well. And I want you to say this, and I want everyone to say this in support as a kingdom. We're supporting these decisions, Heavenly Father. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell within me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change this to the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we just give a clap offer right now? At this time, I just want us to pray. I'm going to pray for us real quick. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for the message that's been sent forth, Lord. God, we don't want to be a people that is full of embers. We don't want to be a church that is full of embers, Heavenly Father God. So we ask that your fire is upon us, God. Your fire is upon us, Heavenly Father, God. Let your fire be upon us, Lord. 
I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that your Holy Spirit moves, moves within our temples, God. Within this church, Heavenly Father, God, we shall be distinguished, God. As a community, God, as members of the Gap Church, we are distinguished, Heavenly Father, God. Lord, we will not forsake what makes us special. We will not forsake the fire that makes us special, God. We will not forsake the relationship that makes us special, Heavenly Father, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, just like the boldness that you gave unto your son, Paul, as you gave unto your son, Jesus, God, we pray, Heavenly Father, God, we step into this next week, God, with the boldness, with the boldness of embracing our light, with the boldness of embracing the fire, with the boldness of embracing us being salt upon the earth, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we give a clap offering right now? Give a clap offering. You may have your seat. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.